Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things that interest us. And sometimes there is whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined as always by Andrea. How is it going this evening? Good, good. Happy Monday. Happy start to your week or your yes. work week, at least, however you count it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, how's your we weekend got... been? Good. Um, yep. Productive and um, cold. Those things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm but... wearing my like snowflake sweater because Minnesota just got hammered by snow today. Yeah, is it? Uh, it's very light by us. It was very nice, pretty flurries and stuff yes. like that. It's very pleasant, you know. Yeah, it... when I say hammered, I, I don't mean like the nasty, evil, like blanketing snow. I just mean like I wasn't ready for it to be so constant. Like, okay. I I knew it was okay. gonna snow, and you know the morning came, and I was like, oh, yep, there it is. And then you know when it was still three, four p.m. and going strong, I was kind of like, really, still. <laughs> 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 yeah mm -hmm. yeah well i managed to like to do stuff to stay warm inside plenty this weekend as well um Good. so we'll talk about a few of those things coming up on the show tonight we're gonna be um discussing a few of the new releases that we're getting thrown at us now it's kind of the season where everybody starts releasing their video games for sure anyways um some new stories some disappointing some sad some uh, some more disappointing. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> wow, um, this show's just going downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, and kind of the big story I want to talk about at the end then is the the old Doom Mick Gordon mm -hmm. thing that maybe some of you have heard of, but I think it's kind of a big deal. So, um, yeah. yeah. But um, before that, we got drinks, right? I always drink holidays. That's great. That's right. If you're out there shivering and shoveling through the snow, um, as I know my my hubby is doing right now, thank you. Um, here's some uh, drinks to warm you up once you get inside or fortify you against the cold. Um, November 7th was International Merlot Day, if you're a wine drinker. And then the following day on the 8th, you kind of had like a little, you know, roulette wheel of choices here um we're kind of running the gamut of different things that you could have it was yeah. cappuccino day it was harvey wallbanger day which is fun to say and fun to drink uh and it's also good old-fashioned shot day so you know if you don't want to take your time to pick out your drink just grab a bottle pour yourself a little something wash it down mm -hmm. easy as that mm -hmm. <laughs> fireball in the cold i guess Yep, yep. Drinking fireball still these days. Yes. Um, not that I will be partaking this year, but uh, it is it is a tradition at one of my friends' Christmas parties to do um, fireball and rum chata shots, and that's oh, just yeah, that's just sugar all everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, is, <laughs> it is. But it's at this point. I mean, the tradition's been going so long. Like we're all just you know. It's it's happening. Mm -hmm. We can't change. You have it. you have a few drinking traditions. Yeah, that one. And you got the yes. the horrible whatever stuff that um, Malorts. Yeah, friend of the show. Is, <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, one of my one of my friends who introduced me. Thank you. 
to Malort's, um, promise to have a bottle ready for me post delivery. So uh, yay. I bet you're so yay. excited. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, at that point, maybe even the taste of tar rubber bands and pine needles will be exciting to me at that point. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, so, uh, November 8th, big, big day. Um, and then we skipped a couple days, November 12th. It was happy hour day. So there again, like a roulette wheel of choices, whatever you dig at happy hour, drink mm -hmm. in honor on November 12th. And then mm -hmm. today it is Tempranillo day, which is a type of wine. If you are unfamiliar. Yeah. I've not had, uh, I've not had that as far as I'm Me aware. Neither. Me neither. I also, I just realized we were closing and ending the week with wine days. So that was kind of like a very cool mirror there. Yeah. Like the symmetry. I haven't had wine in a while. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to drink a bottle myself. Right. And, right. You know, Ashley's not really going to have any. Weird. So yeah. Yeah. Just... Wine, wine does feel like more of a social activity drink. It's mm -hmm. weird when you just like open up a bottle and you're like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and at a, I never do at a restaurant. Like, I've honestly been having a lot less alcohol these days. Like, the thing that keeps me drinking is this podcast. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and that sounds wrong, I guess, but it's just, uh, it's just the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's Glad in the we name. Serve a purpose <laughs> in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, great. Um, yeah, I saw you had something not water there. Yes, yes. I, you know what? I decided that I was I was going to do something at least a little bit close to one of the days. Um, and one of my favorite drinks to order at happy hour is a margarita. So I have a, a little mocktail margarita here. And it's got nice. my favorite spicy edge to it. So oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? I can pretend for a little bit here. And... Yeah. It's in my Green Bay Packer glass because finally we had some good news for my team this week. Yeah, oh, maybe. okay. Okay, so, I, was, I was just going to say they haven't been doing so hot. So No, they haven't. This week they kind of got a win that was both like well-played and just eked out at the same time. Okay. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it because the Vikings got the same with the Bills. So cheers. Yeah, I heard that was crazy. Um Mm -hmm. Or at least I heard some people talking about it, that it was really nail biting. Um, yeah. Man. Yeah. There were some crazy plays that just like you absolutely couldn't believe happened on top of each other. Like fumble recoveries in the end zone for touchdowns and like last minute interceptions. Like just it, it, it was just craziness that all of this worked out to happen. Hmm. So well, and the Packers game was kind of the same way. You must actively root against the Vikings, though, right? I mean, you're the weaker in the division. I mean, yes, I would like that, <laughs> but I try to <laughs> I try to be fair to Chris, and we try to right. root for each other when we're not playing each other. Um, okay. I mean, at the at the outset of the game, like we kind of both accepted that the Bills were a better team, so we were just thinking like the Vikings should just put sure. up a good game. And it'll okay. be good to watch. And then at the end, it was just like so crazy. I was like, I don't even know what I want to happen here, but this football game is whack. <laughs> so nice. it was entertaining. Fun. 
Um, well, yeah. Uh, good for you. Congrats yeah. to the Packers. Yes, thank um, you. I am drinking what feels very, um, I don't know, millennial, I guess. A short holiday is, I yes, like it. Yes, yes, it is. Um, Ashley found a sparkling cranberry and ginger drink mm. at uh, Trader Joe's. Okay. And it's recommended to add vodka to it if you want. So I have that with vodka, a few cranberries in there, uh, orange peel, a little orange juice. So I like it. Maybe you want to call that, but. All right. Mini diatribe right here. I really like your mm -hmm. drink because it reminds me of Thanksgiving. And for me, Thanksgiving is like the most tragically overlooked holiday. I yes. love Thanksgiving and I hate the absolute like pandemonious rush. I'm making up a word here for how angry I am from Halloween to Christmas time with just like no thoughts for Thanksgiving. I agree. I concur. I we've had Ashley and I have had this discussion plenty and we've gotten frustrated because specifically this year, I've heard more people call out that they are ready to go immediately to, the, to Christmas after Halloween. And normally I don't even, I don't hear people like state that it just seems right. to happen. But this year I've had like, I have that they're like, I have no shame after Halloween, after Halloween, it is Christmas time. Lights go. No, up. no. Yeah, I agree. Rude. Uh, yeah. It, this yeah. year in particular, like I was really mad because when I walked into stores, there was already Halloween stuff on clearance on like the 28th and 29th. Oh, man. And yep. Christmas stuff was already out. People, for God's yeah. sake, like give it a rest. Yep. Like, ah, God, it was just so sad. It was so sad mm -hmm. to see. I mean, first of all, because Halloween is my favorite holiday. But then just to like see that we couldn't even have that anymore. And like Christmas had to overtake that and Halloween stuff was on clearance like two days before. Like how pathetic is that? Yeah. And Halloween's big. Like they make a, big. a ton of candy and stuff like that. Yes. It's all kind. It works very well for movies and events and things, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's multicultural, whether, you know, it's like the kind of traditional American sense of it or the day of the dead right. sort of elements. Right. I tell me if you agree with this or not. In my okay. opinion, you should be Halloween is September through October. Mm -hmm. November is Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. December and January is Christmas. I agree. I give. I, they get two months. Agree. You get two months. You can leave your decorations up a little yep. longer because it still feels like you're working towards New Year. It's still festive. Exactly. You still keep that going and. Yep. Then by the end of January, it's like, yeah, it's we're time it's time to move on, and you know, Valentine's right. will be coming up before you know it. Right. Uh, why can't no, that's plenty of time for all these holidays? That's that's giving Halloween two months, Christmas two months, and Thanksgiving. You're saying one of your favorite holidays is still just yes. getting one. Can it just have right. the one? Right. Yeah. Can we not? Can we not just like pause and breathe? Do we? I mean, I don't know. I. I if it feels weird to say because I do like Christmas also. I mean, I don't, yes. don't know many people who don't, but like, it's just so much. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. 
it's just so like forced and like shoved down your throat kind of thing that it takes away some of the enjoyment for me to like try to keep that sustained the whole time. And while I take the spirit of Christmas and I don't mind like, you know, extended time to like think about like being together with loved ones and like the spirit of giving and that sort of like positive messaging of Christmas, like that's not what's happening here. It's the commercialization (laughs) of Christmas. (laughs) We're not taking like two months to be like, let's think about the spirit of giving to others and like volunteering and like, you know, thinking like, oh boy, we better like, you know, volunteer at a soup kitchen or start like a donation or like some people do. Um, but I, but I do feel that that doesn't happen until more of December. And like the early, early stuff is just like, I'm going to play Christmas carols, like bake cookies, like buy presents, buy decorations because everybody has to have like the biggest, bestest decorated house. Diatribe, diatribe. No. And I I mean, like you say, most people, you don't know too many people that don't like Christmas. I agree. But this sort of thing does turn people off to Christmas at times because that's why Ashley's has said plenty of times before, oh, I don't, you know, Christmas, ah, bah humbug, I don't like Christmas mm-hmm. or whatever. She doesn't actually mean that. What she means is, yeah, I don't want Christmas music in the stores when I'm still looking, yes. waiting for Halloween or yes. when, you know, it's just like, this is, that's the, there's all kinds of things like this that you would turn people off if you mm-hmm. overdo it and it's being yes. overdone. Things are being crowded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're I've, missing I've marketing opportunities to appreciate Thanksgiving. Exactly. They're missing a whole nother sales thing by just skipping it and going to Christmas. And I feel like I feel like I also get frustrated because I love fall. Like fall is one of my favorite seasons. And to me, like that extends to Thanksgiving. Like, yes, there is snow on the ground right now. I I get that. Mm-hmm. But like to me, like the spirit of Thanksgiving feels in the fall. So like yeah. Why, why can't I have more like pumpkins and leaves and, you know, turkeys and cornucopia type things up yep. for longer? Like I enjoy yep. that. Yeah. So. Everything kind of transitions well when you do it properly, mm-hmm. like how you can start adding those kind of fall things in September and it starts getting spookier and scarier as you go, yeah. as you add the skeletons. And then after that, the skeletons start going away, but the other kind of folly things stay. And like you say, then you add the, the cornucopias and stuff like that. And, uh, and then that starts to, you know, they're throwing your pumpkins away and right. you're starting to put out sparkly lights. Yes. All makes sense. Come yes. on. Come on, America. My God, look at us just fixing this whole like <laughs> September to December season. We got you, all everybody. It, all it takes is a couple big stores to take a stand. Mm-hmm. I think that would turn some stuff around. Like, um, I don't remember when exactly it was now, um, but it was a couple of years ago when stores started taking stands on like, we're not yep. going to open like our black Friday sales on Thanksgiving. This is ridiculous. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they were like, I know like we keep pushing it back and pushing it back, but like we're starting to cut into people's actual holiday time. And this is dumb. Like we're not doing it. Yep. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, like why even celebrate Thanksgiving? Let's just get, like get rid of it because it's really just like Christmas pause, black Friday, Christmas. 
Like we're yeah. not even having a holiday. So yeah. So take I, a stand. I'm perfectly, people. You can do it. I'm perfectly fine with whatever business making the decision they want. But yeah, I, you know, perfectly cool to to have that and not, you know, I get it. Like a lot of people, they have their you know, what people do on holidays is they go to a movie or they go to a thing. And so it is a service industry that sacrifices. So everybody can, right. else can have that, you know, I do understand that. Um, but yeah, but it shows, it shows the power that, you know, a few companies can have if they want to do that. And then it's now it's even more meaningless. Like you're just, mm -hmm. you're just making all these people go out really early for this because I know some people are having fun with it, Best Buy has been having Black Friday sales for weeks. Exactly. See, you know, if you can go right now this morning, I saw a TV, a nice one for $1,000 off and you can just order it. Yep. You don't yep. have to be in line. You don't have to fight the thing. You don't have to like sacrifice, you know, some sort of family time or whatever to, mm -hmm. to not even get that then anyways, because you right. weren't fourth in line. So they had, right. you know, three of them or whatever, right. you know, so yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we agree. Yes. This could be really awkward. <laughs> if I was just like, like pulling up a radio with Christmas carols in the background. like. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no. I was, uh, I was actually deeply upset the other day when I turned on my car radio. Um, and I forgot one of the stations that I, you know flip around between sometimes starts with the christmas music november 1st i flipped it over and i was like what is this what oh it's a christmas carol damn it well so you like skipping you for a while mm -hmm. so you listen to the radio yet in my car i do yeah i mean i okay. also drive like an old school 2005 like if you want to hook up your phone and play music through the car you have to get like a little bluetooth you know yeah transmitter to transmitter, do so yeah so yeah so okay. i do listen to the radio um okay you know it's kind of like for me like a like a fun throwback that you know just yeah. because not a lot of people do anymore so yeah someone just like I had a poll about that recently or whatever and oh, asking funny, okay. if you still listen to the radio or not. And mm -hmm. I don't know the results of the poll. It was, uh, I, I don't even know if I answered the poll. I just saw it there. And so, <laughs> um, someone's asking, you know, if it's still a viable thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. For me it is. Cause I, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a couple of morning shows that like during the pandemic, I really, didn't listen to because I was just at home. But now that I'm like going back to work and just like, oh yeah, I used to do that. And I used to like that. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Well, listen to a couple radio shows. What else have you done this week? <laughs> um, yeah. So I've kind of done like a hodgepodge of things. Um, I continued on watching the new Netflix series, uh, romantic killer. It is continuing to be adorable and fun and the like magical elements of the storyline. Um, I'm continuing to enjoy the way they're like incorporated and worked in um, to further, you know, the romantic plot lines of this like okay. video game come to life. It's very cute. Um, yeah, we, so well so we only watched the, f the first one. And based off that, we were like, it's very frenetic. 
It's very yeah. go. Does that hold? It calms down. Next? It calm. Okay. I mean, there's there's it's like exposition. Like, yeah. It, there's obviously like scenarios that are designed to be frenetic, like the mm -hmm. like accidental this or that, or like bumping into each other, and like there's like a cutesy thing that happens, and then the characters are like, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, so I mean, there's there's frenetic moments, but like it does calm down on the whole. Okay. So then there's like quieter moments of like bonding or like exploration of character yeah okay nice so i'm having fun with it um something i'm not having fun with though anymore great british baking show i'm what? on like i know the second to last episode of the season and they just voted off my favorite guy and i'm oh. so sad no spoilers I I, I don't know if he deserved it or not based on his his baking abilities. Um, there was there's kind of like maybe a question mark of like it was one of those weeks where like either of two people could truly go and you weren't sure who. Mm -hmm. uh, and they kicked off my guy and I'm so sad. Uh, that's too bad. It is well, too bad. Do people on here have they they all like have bakeries or something, right? Or they work at a place or no. are they like new up and coming or is it a mix? You, you have to be an amateur. Oh, okay. You have to. That's part of the that's part of the rules. There's no like professional level bakers allowed. I think you can have maybe worked at a cafe, you know, or something, but you couldn't have been like the owner or like the head you know, patisserie chef or something like internship that. or something like that. Right. Or... Right. Or like, you know, if you were like working the counter or whatever, and maybe like bake some cookies, like, I don't think they're going to throw you out for that though. I obviously okay. haven't read the rules very closely, but yes, no, no professionals allowed. Okay. Hmm. So that's what, that's, that's why they bad. kind of get like a fun mix of characters, like, and a fun mm -hmm. mix of people with various skills that you can tell, like, some of them have just been baking for years. So there's just like, yeah, I know how to make the thing. Um, so they do really yeah. well in like the technical where you have to like blind bake something. Cause they're like, sure. I just like know a recipe for that. Yes. Um, and then some of them are newer and they're all about like design and aesthetics, but sometimes they miss on taste or like some of the older bakers can like just really nail a flavor and then cannot decorate to save their lives or they can't, like construct something. Right. So yeah, so you really kind of get like a mix of people and it's, you know, just finding that person who's got it all or close. Mm -hmm. See, I, you know, I love, and I think people do in general, I, I suppose there's a bunch of people that prefer the, the opposite, but I love watching people that clearly excel at their craft. You know, sure. I just, I absolutely love when, you know, I was always on a baking show or cooking show when they, like you say, they could whip up anything. They're not needing to hardly measure. They just right. go and they, they can make this dough. They just understand it and can do it versus I never much liked the shows that were, it was like Ann Burrell and Bobby Flay doing the worst cooks, worst oh, cooks in America worst or whatever. America, yeah. Yeah. Or even like American Idol, they'd spend a lot of time with people that really couldn't sing well at all. Yeah. I, I re would rather not watch people. 
I mean, I have ridiculousness to see people like hurting themselves or whatever. But other than that, I, I want to see people doing amazing things. And they're just, I'm confident they're really good at what they do. I love seeing that. Sure. Um, I'm confident that this is probably one of the first times that Great British Baking Show and ridiculousness have been brought up in the same <laughs> sentence, <laughs> in the same comparative conversation. Um, no, I agree with you, though. It is like it's one of the reasons that I love like something like Iron Chef, um, yeah. even though I know it's not like. I don't know, it's not everything about it, that competition isn't real like they, you know, don't like make everything that they do in like those exact like five hours or whatever. And they don't go into it like totally blind about like ingredients that they can use for things like I get it. Mm. There's some certain manufactured drama, but it's always fun watching somebody just with this like creative genius and the knowledge to pull something like that off, like these five star gourmet insane dishes that you're just like, how? Because they just know. Yep. Um, whereas I feel like so Great British Baking Show isn't like worst cooks in America because they're not bad. You have to have a mm -hmm. certain amount of skills that like they put you through a series of tests to get you there. So and but I mean, it's not like Iron Chef level either. It's just sort of like people who are really good in their spare time. But sometimes like right. their spare time is like almost like a full-time job. Like that's how much they bake and care sure. about baking. So it's kind of like somewhere in between. So at least you don't feel like, you know, you're just watching somebody fail over and over yeah. again. Um, yep. And try to get better. Like, and sometimes people do come up with just some like amazingly creative stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's just probably like what makes it successful is, it almost seems accessible, like you could do it because they call them amateurs. So it seems like I could start baking and maybe do this. Sure. And then the other thing is just like the absolute like heartwarming nature of people who help each other. Because um, mm -hmm. everybody always like if somebody's like running behind and they're like, oh, my God, I'm not going to finish my bake. Like the other bakers will just like swarm in and be like, what do you need? Like, I'll assemble this. And like you put the frosting on that one. And like, we're going to get this on the plate. And it's just like the cutest. So did they account for that in judging like you needed help? Sometimes they do. Um, okay. They they do in the sense of like. If you needed help. Um, and you didn't, or you didn't get something like all the way on the plate or it's like messy because somebody didn't know like your vision and just like, right. Or something on the, you know what I mean? Um, and they'll, they'll talk to you about like time management and that's sort of like the euphemism they use about like you needing help. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, Cause yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't want to like call out the bakers and have them not help them because I right. think they understand like one of the heartwarming aspects of the show yeah. But yes, they they do notice that. And I do like that because I understand there's a place for something like Hell's Kitchen or whatever. Oh, but sure. I I love the shows that are they don't have the drama. It's professional, mm -hmm. it's fun, you know, it's it's just it doesn't have to be a reality show in that sort of sense. Yes. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yes. So I watched that. And then uh, next Friday will be the finale. So we'll see who wins the season. Can't believe it's already it's already happening. 
Um, but yeah, Great British Baking Show is one of the shows that releases week by week. And I think it's continued to be successful that way mm-hmm. because it stays yep. in the conversation. Otherwise, people just like binge it and forget it. So, yep. Kudos to marketing team. Um, something I did binge and sort of wish I could forget <laughs> is uh, season six of the CW turned Netflix show Riverdale. Mm, um, I started okay. Riverdale a long, long time ago, back when it was a very different show than it is today. Um, but right. the creator of Riverdale also did The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I absolutely loved. And in season six, because uh, Sabrina was canceled, he basically just like crossed the universes and made uh. Riverdale kind of like blend into Sabrina with many guest appearances by Sabrina herself. So the creator was just like, screw you. Like, I'm going to make this happen and kind of like turn these shows into each other. Um, which was fun for a while, but then also just sort of reminded me that I just missed the chilling adventures of Sabrina because for, for the show Riverdale to start being like Sabrina, it was very much like the show has strayed far from what it once was and to its detriment, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, okay. But yeah, was, I've heard that uh, to, like make me binge it, I guess. I started it and was like, well, I've got to finish it now. So, okay. Yeah, I've always heard that Riverdale like falls off. I don't know at what point, but Sharply. that it really falls off. Yeah. Sharply. Yeah. Uh, season one is amazing. Season two is up and down, but you sort of feel like it could be saved. And then by season three, there's a really cool start and then just like an absolute plummet. I think in, in my personal okay. opinion. So. Okay. But yeah, so I, I got through that. Um, something else that's sadly, in my opinion, coming to a close um, is the webtoon series, true beauty. Um, it's had a couple of seasons now, I think a couple of hundred episodes. I've really enjoyed it as a webtoon. So I was sad to see the series wrap up, then I remembered that it was turned into a K drama, so I think I'm going to start that. Ah, interesting. Okay, I didn't. I Is didn't that know on when Netflix? It had, uh, no, it, you have to like find it on the web, streaming on the web, because um, it's not. It's a Korean show, like produced for Korean television. I don't think it was ever produced for like the intent to distribute in America. Someone can they, pick it up yet. They could pick it up yet, um, and they've they've also t- talked about perhaps um, remaking an American version. I don't think <clears throat> by no, <throat> I don't think I don't think by that um, they mean like an actual like American version. I think they just mean like an American based company, like Netflix or some other like American based streaming service would pick up the rights to the show, new cast, make it. What makes you? Th- well, yeah, that's that's it then. That's a yeah, that's a remake. I mean, that's it's, not... it's a remake, but but all I'm trying to say is I don't think it would be like in English with an American cast. Do you know what I'm trying to Disapprove. say? Disapprove. Disapprove. <laughs> see again. Why would you spend the money? Just subtitle it. I don't know. It, I don't know? know. But so... that's that's what I gathered from the announcements that I was like trying to sift through. 
and okay. see if this was like actually happening. And that was like my best guess as to what they were trying to do. Hmm. Well, yeah. So you'd have to find online and then, and then someplace that has it. Uh, yeah. There's like a, there's a streaming service that I found. Um, I don't remember what it was. I was scrolling around a little bit ago. Um, that has it. So I was like, oh, well, hopefully they have either subtitles or they have it subbed. Dubbed, uh, yeah, that would not be. All right, yeah, sorry. Not be preferable. Subtitled or yeah. dubbed. Um, yeah, I don't know what this, hmm. what this so what, is. So this must have wrapped up a while ago then. Or is the show not caught up? Is the show still going? Okay. 2021 um, is when the show aired. And it looks like from what I can see of like the episode synopses, it ended like kind of midway through. So like the, the webtoon is, okay. is split into two seasons. So it looks like it covered season one of the webtoon. Okay. So, and 2021 to me is feasible enough to see if like they're going to make a season two. Yeah. And, and just like complete out the webtoon and we're maybe sure. just waiting for her to like officially publish it. Sure. Cool. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So, let me know how that, uh, how that ab adaptation is. I will. I will. I, uh, like I said, I really like the webtoon. So hopefully they didn't do it dirty in the uh, adaptation there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, they kind of have a good pipeline set up with this sort of thing. You know, Korea is really trying to support their mm -hmm. webtoon creators and they totally understand like yeah. this is an audience for um, webtoon readers. And then those creators are definitely hoping and thinking of that eventually being made into a K drama or something like that. And mm -hmm. so it keeps the creators involved in in the process and i haven't heard any com major complaints of wow someone took my thing that was a webtoon and really turned it on its head and it's not right. what i envisioned at all i just haven't heard that you know it seems pretty positive generally so mm -hmm. yeah yeah which maybe means that like an american-based company or production studio shouldn't be jumping in there and and doing would, it if it's, <laughs> if it's positive so far because you know we all know how that can go sometimes uh, yeah i mean it's worked out for netflix i i think that they've yeah generally just, just bought pick the it rights up, you to, mean? yeah 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 mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah they're uh they're their attempts at doing their own versions we've obviously talked about like most notably cowboy bebop flopping um though they they do tend to do original things well yeah so i think that's right. the difference so like if you don't already have like <laughs> the version out there they've done originals well but it's terrible yeah. when they try to like remake something so yep we'll see um and then the last couple of uh things i did i started a few movies um i started where the crawdads sing which was like a popular novel a couple of years ago by delia owens i think um mm -hmm. So far, so good. I like that a lot. It's a a murder mystery and uh, keeping on that same theme because apparently that's what I'm into these days. Uh, I started on HBO Max, uh, See How They Run, which is another okay. 
murder mystery based show um, with Saoirse Ronan and um, Sam Rockwell. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Adrian Brody. It's like, man, the skinny guy from the piano. Oh, okay. Um, You're saying. And that's been pretty good so far. I really like it. It's it's a fun like little meta drama where it's like set around like uh, the cast of characters, playwrights, directors who are putting on an Agatha Christie murder mystery and trying to translate it into a film. And then somebody gets killed. And so then like the actors are all like the cast of characters and there's, you know, under suspicion for real. It's it's fun. It's very meta and enjoyable so far. Huh. I hadn't, uh, I mean, I feel like I've heard the title before. Yeah, but, I brought um, it up on the cast before because that one and another, like, like uh, period set murder mystery were coming out at the same time. And it was just like these commercials that I was, mm. Amsterdam, Amsterdam um, was coming out. And then um, the next, the trailer had just dropped for the next uh, Knives Out uh, movie. So all three of the trailers for those movies had dropped within like a week of each other. And I was just like watching all of those trailers like, oh, my God, <laughs> there's so much of the same movie happening right now. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I decided to to watch this one because uh, it was available mostly. And so far, so good. Cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. I uh, yeah, I actually watched the Crawdads one with her parents and oh, like yeah. that one a lot. So, yeah. Mm hmm. Good. I will keep going then. Nice. Um, well, yeah, that's a good variety of things. Um, I tried to get continue on with our going through the Conjuring Universe stuff. Yes. And we ruined the whole thing and <laughs> actually skipped a movie. Whoops. Uh, we were supposed to watch... The so last close. Annabelle movie, and we ended up watching The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, and uh, I just felt I can't believe it. Now we ruined it. We can't, we're, we can't go back. All you that know? time invested. <laughs> I know. So anyways, this is the the fifth one we watched. Should have been mm -hmm. the sixth. Um, it was the weakest one by far. I was surprised. I was really... Sad pretty bored because i like the the legend um yeah based around that's cool there was kind of a a guy in there that they i feel like they're maybe setting up that it could potentially do more movies with them that could have been cool but we he needed more backstory we need to understand him a little sure. bit more um and instead they kind of wasted time with a needless tie-in to the conjuring universe like there's mm. basically this has nothing to do with conjuring other than one thing that didn't need to be there and so if they had mm. taken that whole thing out and spent it the time better someplace else um yeah this was the one that just really it it didn't really hold my attention it was it was simultaneously too slow to start and too and too quick like without building tension you know oh sure like, yeah no i get it yeah because it's it's like okay i want to be in inner enthralled here i want to be pulled in so i'm not getting that so it feels slow but at the same time I, we're not 
you're not making me anxious. We're not building right. to something. Um, right. So, yeah, I thought this one was disappointing, unfortunately. So that's a bummer. I was uh, I was yeah. actually really excited that you'd watched it because one of the Riverdale episodes I watched was like a literally a mini story about La Llorona. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. my God, how fitting, how cool. And it was actually a, good, a well done story. So, damn. Cool. Yeah, I, I like the tale. Um, mm -hmm. Good thing to scare your kids with, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if, you know, we're gonna be talking about video games uh, later here, a lot more of them, but I finished a yes. couple games. So Resident Evil 2, I can't remember. It feels like I finished this a while ago, but I rolled credits on this one with Leon on the first playthrough. Mm -hmm. And it was very good. I can see how some people didn't like 3 because remake because if they played two especially maybe you played two again to like refresh and get ready for three how it can feel samey you know yeah mm -hmm. um so i get that because i blew through three and really enjoyed it a lot so um i like this i i, I was thinking about i should have put up a poll like who's the more who's the scarier like continual threat is it the tyrant in two is it mm -hmm. nemesis in three or is mm -hmm. it like um what's her face in village um oh. lady dimitres yeah like who is the more ominous foreboding you know i i don't He's, know for sure what my answer is yet i would probably say not village really i mean she's okay she's so like She's such a fun character, Lady Dumitrescu, um, and she pops up unexpectedly, which I love. Like she continues to be part of the game, but not enough, not enough to like have her feel like foreboding over the whole thing. Okay, you sure. Know what I mean, yeah, because it's part of it's part of the game. It's not. Yes, yeah, I get that. Like she is such a strong villain. Like mm -hmm. you, like you say her name and people are like, yeah, like good character, <laughs> but yeah, just not, not present enough. Okay. Yeah. I see that. That's a good argument. Cause I was thinking maybe her at first because I definitely mm -hmm. had moments where I'd be going through a door and like, Oh shit. Right. And it just oh, totally. is like right there, totally. you know? Yeah. Um, just when you think she's so. gone, she's there and she's yeah. like, her like very uncanny ability to stalk you so far <laughs> yeah. like there you I'm know you like, have to really move to find like a safe haven or like a moment to get away from her i'm so, just like yeah, camping out like with the duke you know yeah uh and i'm just like all right she can't come in here it's good um uh, yeah I, I i think i agree with that the other thing too is like she's pretty quick but you're quicker in village yeah. than you are in the more more tanky like of two yep. and three yep so i i probably give it to the tyrant because yeah the my the thought as footsteps well. uh there's just thud thud mm -hmm. thud and see so you, you know getting closer and closer so that well i remember when he first showed up and i just knew this was going to be a continuing thing i was like i don't know mm -hmm. if i can keep playing this like uh, it, it's going to be too much you know but eventually, yes. eventually was fine. So, yeah. yeah, it very much reminds me of one of my favorites, and I know your favorites too. Uh, Alien with heartbeat. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you 
once you realize that sound is like present enough for you to like identify, you're just like, <gasps> like, I think there's just <laughs> something wonderfully like visceral about like sound building that way. Um, yeah. that just like amps that up. Yep. I'd, I'd hear the, the, the thumping and then I'd mm -hmm. run to get a little further ahead. And then that would call the attention of the liquors. Mm -hmm. Ah, but yeah. So I'm trying to decide if I want to go through a second playthrough with um, Claire. Sure. Um, so a, a playthrough B. So I might do mm -hmm. that yet. We'll see. Um, but I, instead of doing that, picked up God of War. Right. Um, the kind of Got soft that. reboot that was 2017 or whatever it was, 2018, something. Um, and... I had never finished that game. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Alan. He says 2018. Um, mm -hmm. But I felt like, you know, I had played it quite a bit, uh, but I was worried about starting again, not, mm -hmm. you know, the controls and the way you fight in that game are quite different. So I thought I'm gonna, just going to die constantly. But Ashley's been replaying it, and she was getting near where I knew I was. So then I started playing, and she just watched me finish the rest of the game. So then now she can move on to Ragnarok because that's the thing we wanted to, she wanted to replay it. I wanted to finish it before mm -hmm. the, before Ragnarok. So, um, I say I rolled credits on it because there's tons of stuff I didn't do in there. I, all kinds of side quests and things that I, I could have done, but I finished out this main story. So, so yeah, Sorry. ounces the Valkyries. Yes. My dog is making oh, a surprise hey. appearance on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> You got Hello, get a little closer, pups. There we go. Ah, <laughs> yep, she heard you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Down, baby dog. Everybody likes seeing the the dogs come by. Oh, well, well then she's just, just going to be a guest. <laughs> just going to show herself off a little bit more. Yeah, she's obviously a lot bigger than Ivy was my my previous dog, so she yeah, can how, get up there a little uh, bit easier. And and she's still very young, right? How old? She is a puppy. She just turned one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're just gonna have to now. just gonna have to sit in Andrea's lap, I think, and just uh, <laughs> that'll go well, right? What's what's yeah. happening on the computer? What's going on over there? Maybe right. I can uh, lick something. Go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Well, if uh, if if you ever you know she needs your attention, you can just pop off the camera for a second and whatever, and <laughs> I'll, sure. I'll ramble on. It's not a not a big deal. So she just needed um, her little like fifteen seconds of fame there. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm ready for the new God of War. Um, yeah. And then I wanted to talk about a couple independent comics I got. So. One actually found this one last year and um, finally came out. It's called Inglorious Rex. Um, oh, cool. So it's by Shane Davis and Yanzi Lin, his wife. Okay. And um, it's signed and stuff like that. So this is a, this is a, like a graphic novel. So there's, it's sizable, you know, I won't show away, show what happens in there or whatever, but it's, um, it's the guy that wrote it. Shane Davis is clearly into like MMA 
And so he, um, he was talking on, um, a show recently that he pitched back in the day to Marvel, this idea of iron fist being like in a prison and he's like forced into like a fighting ring with all these other villains that the, the kingpin is like running a fighting ring in prison mm -hmm. and they turn it down or whatever but he's always wanted to do a good fighting comic and okay. he also at the same time likes uh like japanese monsters like godzilla and stuff so this sure. is sort of combining those two things it's it's cool because you get a you know more accurate fight scenarios but then with monsters in it as well so you, the yeah. fighters kind of pilot big monsters, like genetically designed monsters or whatever. Yeah, Kaiju, Alan says, yes. So it's kind so, of like um, Pacific Rim, except like they're piloting monsters instead of giant robots. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yep, that kind of cool. thing. And then it's, in a, it's for a fight thing. It's not like to stop Save the world. threat of, yeah, like a creature that came out of the ocean or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, this came with two books. And the, it came with the, this other one is like a supplemental. So this is the one I've read so far. It's a little shorter. It's called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Volume 1. And it's designed, mm -hmm. it seems, to kind of give a little background, a little more fill-in information on some of the, some of the characters. Sure. And so I probably wasn't supposed to read this one first, but I did. Um, the, there's two different artists for this one because there's kind of two stories in it. And um, the first one is in black and white. And, uh, and then the second one, they, uh, by the other artist is, uh, is colored. I really dig oh. the art of the, the latter story in this. Uh -huh. I wasn't, not that the art in the first one wasn't good, just wasn't to my particular taste. Sure. Um, so yeah, that one I've read so far and it's a good start. It's a good start. Mm -hmm. So again, I probably wasn't supposed to read it in this order. But, eh. um, well, yeah, it happens really now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyways, that's that it, it was cool. It was a good, um, it's a good bundle. It came with like, um, trading cards as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And stuff. Yeah. And I love it. That's so old school. It's fun too. Cause like some of the character ones, they, mm -hmm. um, they come with stats on the back, like old cards would and nice. stuff, or like power yeah. levels and things like that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's fun. fun. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And there's a currently um, a campaign for Inglorious Rex 2. So mm -hmm. if you, if someone wants to read this, you can go, it's on Indiegogo. You can get Inglorious Rex 2 and you can get volume one with it. So like mm -hmm. they're working on the next book and, so yeah awesome that's that one and then the one i just got today um kozor yeah um doesn't that look pretty cool i love that pretty, i love the background pretty metal. on that that's yeah. awesome just descent into madness so it came with these um some prints like i just think that wow. that, that, that detail is, is really stunning. good i know right yeah so Wow. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. Um, it's very like Conan the Barbarian, Death Dealer, those sort of mm -hmm. things. Um, very uh, kind of dark and but fantasy world. Um, mm -hmm. And I 
I basically as soon as I got this today, I read it. So I've I've mm-hmm. read this one already. It's not uh, it's not super big, but it's got again very detailed, awesome art. Yeah, cool character designs. And again, I don't want to like I don't know give away things in here and show pictures. I love that, that are... it's um, I love that it's like muted but still colorful. Yeah, like I mean the the previous comment. Um, Inglorious Rex, that was very mm-hmm. like '80s, like pop color, right. bright yeah. superhero. Yeah, absolutely. And this is like it's much darker feel, much more muted colors, but it's not like complete grayscale or just like an absence of color. Like, yeah, I really like this. That's yeah, cool. there's like a bronze ish to things. There's a yeah, it's a good, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm a big fan of this art. So of all the independent comics I've supported so far, mm-hmm. this is this has been my favorite that I've I've read. Um, I blew through it. Oh, I definitely need to read it a couple more times because it's a lot of like, I won't give spoilers other than like, there is a creature that sort of plays with people's minds, you know, kind of brings people, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's called Descent into Madness. And it, it this creature is messing with people's like perceptions and, and some of that. So you're not entirely sure always what is happening when, you know, sure. there's sort of definitely a puzzle to unravel here and it's going to continue in a volume two. Um, you know, I was, I was wondering, it's like, is this going to wrap up in, in one book? Cause that would be, how is it going to do that? But it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's laying a foundation and um, I hope they can follow up with something uh, that's as good. This is by Corey and Clayton Barton. So I think they're brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and so it's kind of cool. It's like family thing that they're doing. And, yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know. Sometimes these books with, then they're like kind of a Conan the Barbarian sort of thing or Red Sonia or something in this kind of vein get heavy handed with dialogue. Like they're too worried about like meathead action. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like kind of loses all nuance and Mm -hmm. this, the plot really isn't much to speak of and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. This isn't the case on this one. So that's very cool. I'm I'm happy about that is combining this really like dark, you know, horrible, awesome art um, with, uh, with something that's well thought out as well. So. Sure. This is my couple little recommendations slash reviews there. Awesome. Yeah. Kudos to uh, the creators of Kozor. Yeah. Well done yep. comic. Um, all right. So um, as mentioned earlier, gaming heavy, heavy show, a lot of new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sonic Frontiers, got a War of Ragnarok, Somerville, Pennant, and Pokemon is coming soon. Pokemon Scarlet yes. and Violet. Yes. Um, to yeah. pause on that, uh, Pokemon Go released, I don't know if you guys did this um but they did like a little side questy thing that you could do in pokemon go related to scarlet and violet and then it turns out they're not like doing anything else with it like you had to collect these like special coins or whatever and then they were like yeah we might do something with those we're not sure but not right now oh yeah okay (laughs) it was basically just to like you because they were like you can do something when the game is released but only if you like have the game and then they were like, mm-hmm. we're maybe not sure if we're going to do something for everybody else, too. Because, like, there was a lot oh, of backlash okay. from people who were like, 
I really tried to do the thing, so what the hell? Yeah, they should have made it clear up front if they didn't about yes. like, hey, if you if that you're gonna be problem. getting if you're interested in the Pokemon Scarlet or Violet game, you should really do this because it's gonna have a cool tie-in or something like that. Right. But not and they like didn't. spend your time and then you if you're not getting that game, you know, what a waste that was. Right. So, yeah, so it was like the thing where you go around to stops and spin to get those like special coins. And people are just like going around trying to find these stops to get the coins and like traveling all over the place. And then it was like, surprise, it's for this game, but only if you have the game. So, yeah, not well done on that rollout, Pokemon. Well, Andrea, it's time to pick up that Nintendo Switch OLED model. I know, and, uh... I know. Perfect timing with a second <laughs> baby. I'm going to have some time on my hands late at night to just That's game right. it up. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can show uh, Everett all the cool little cute Pokemon and stuff as you're playing. Yes, she uh, she has been, you know, a Pokemon for Halloween these past two years. So she That's should right. really know, like, her origins here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, I I hope people enjoy that game. I, mm -hmm. you know, early word is sounding good. So, yeah, um, that'd be fun. People are really liking God of War Ragnarok, mm -hmm. um, scoring very well. Um, yep. We can talk about it a little later if we want. It was nominated for some game awards things. Mm -hmm. um, Sonic Frontiers, kind of a reinvention, a little different yeah. version of Sonic, open world thing. That's reviewing pretty well as also, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I think anything that wasn't, you know, five out of 10 was gonna be, okay, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. it's been getting like, I think sevens and some of that. So yeah, solid enough, solid enough to like mm -hmm. call it a success, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know where I'm going to have time for all this stuff because now Pentinent and Somerville are coming out mm -hmm. this week. Um, Pentinent and Somerville are both Pentiment and Somerville are both coming out on Game Pass this week, I think tomorrow or whatever. And Somerville is by the people that did limbo and inside both which are very good oh sure and pentamin is by obsidian who i mean their track record you know recently they've done grounded but then uh outer worlds which i'm playing and uh they've done some fallout games uh mm -hmm. they're just all kinds of stuff so but that's one that maybe you'd be interested in it's like a murder mystery sure saying you're into kind of thing i was just gonna say it's right at my alley right now <laughs> yep and uh but it's not. themed in like late medieval times germany and oh my gosh so the yes whole... that sounds very familiar yeah it was in a game showcase so we watched and so yes. the art is all done as if it's like kind of from a old tome from the yeah, time or whatever it. And it comes totally. with, I understand, like an in-game glossary to like understand all the terms that were used during the time oh, because oh, otherwise it gets really confusing it. and stuff. So My it could be a really fun thing to, to dive, yeah, to dive into. So. Yes, I feel like I remembered this. I feel like I marked this in one of the showcases that that yeah. we've watched. So, so like, I guess it's like a ten to twenty hour game, and like if oh, you haven't yeah. signed up for Game Pass yet. I think there's a sign up for a dollar thing going on again for a month. Sweet. So you could totally get that for a buck and then play Pentiment on your computer there. So I love it. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then movies too, huh? Wakanda yeah, just forever. a couple. Wakanda Is forever. That... Yes, that's and been getting then... super mixed reviews. I really can't tell based on like people I follow whether it's good or bad. I mean, I really, I truly can't. Um, just like I mean, I know I've I've heard some what sounds like very valid criticism, and then I've heard what sounds like like not like a glowing review, but just like this is a really solid movie, and like these critics are missing A, B, and C points to what they're criticizing. So I'm hmm. just sort of like I I don't know if this is gonna like drive me to go see it in the theater or if I'm gonna like wait and you know catch it later but at some point i really do want to see it just to like formulate my own idea okay so what did you how how do you think that black panther the first one sort of placed in the marvel cinematic universe how would you enjoy that one i i think i placed it um like in the like a, a little bit above middle Okay. For some of the some of the the cinematic offerings that the Marvel Universe had, I placed it a little bit above mid. Um, it wasn't my absolute favorite, but I I thought it was very solidly done, and I loved the uniqueness of the story. I loved the acting. I loved like the huge scale world building that it introduced us to, um, and it's just okay. that to me was really fun and unique about it. Like creating an entire country is just like something like I, I, as a person who loves world building appreciates. Okay. Like that's one of my, cause like that's one of my favorite things about the new, uh, Lord of the Rings series on Amazon prime is the world building. So, okay. I mean, that's, that's something that's always important to me. So yeah. The, it I is, the, I admit, like, hard for me to imagine, and nobody can do anything about this, but hard for me to imagine Black Panther without Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, well, that's the big question. So how do you feel? Like, nobody had a choice. Have, well, <laughs> should they have gone the path they did, or should they have recast? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say without seeing the movie. And and giving that opinion, um, yeah. Okay. I I don't think that that's unfortunately for me an opinion I feel comfortable making without seeing the movie because they they did something I think that's reasonable to do. Um, it wasn't like a left field choice. It wasn't a choice that I was just sort of like completely like blindsided by, or it wasn't a um, like let's make his mom black panther and i just would have been like what like i'm not sure. feeling it so it was a it was a logical option was it the best option i don't know okay yeah i've just i've been hearing more people talk about how like someone said recently that marvel successfully took c-list characters and made them household names iron man mm -hmm. captain america you know these are sure. c-list maybe b as at best and black panther as well um sure. and then they got rid of them all now chadwick boseman obviously not by choice you know yeah, right totally different story <laughs> right 
Um, but the idea is that we have a lot of properties, whether it be James Bond or Batman, where we recast um, mm -hmm. to continue on that story because the character and the movie is bigger than any single actor. And, sure. you know, we recast again out of necessity, Dumbledore. We didn't write out Dumbledore because of someone of an actor passing away. Right. So, um, it kind of, it kind of, I understand that perspective more. Like I, at one point might've thought differently, like, ah, oh, you know, I, cause I think we both agree. We don't like recasting, you no, know, we do not. if you don't forced into it, recasting is not preferable. Even like those are our big worrisome moments in house of the dragon. Like, okay, yes. we, you know, like, are we, we're going to go through this, but you're going to have kids that <laughs> sure. You, you're going to have kids that grew up now with Iron Man and mm -hmm. then they don't have Iron Man anymore and mm -hmm. they can go back and watch those movies, but can't we just keep going with Iron Man? And it's hard to imagine sometimes those things, but like we do again with Spider-Man, we've had mm -hmm. several different Spider-Man now and they all have their own value and uh you know bring their own image to it it's always if you love the portrayal you don't want a recast mm -hmm. but then you do and if that person is uh up for the job they bring their own thing we get mm -hmm. it built in with doctor who you know it's all this sort of thing so i don't know i i haven't seen it but more and more i think yeah. that if marvel really wants to go forever on these things mm -hmm. they should have instead of worrying about taking all these characters that they, you know, spent time to build up and become such massive things. Instead of throwing that aside, they should have just kept them going and not worry about having them write them out. Mm. So. Man, that would take Marvel in such a different place right now. Yeah. We wouldn't be like, who are the Avengers? Right. Who is it? We would know. Yeah. And you can still add new teammates, obviously. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Yeah. So it feels. Yeah, it's I'm trying to like wrap my brain around this. Like, I feel like I agree with you in part because I feel like the, the introduction of subsequent phases of Marvel has been sloppy. And there's been too much eagerness to break ties from previous characters and not just like like characters that we were already just being introduced to like dr strange you know what right. i mean like you can't use him as a spring step or a springboard um from like oh he's left over from phase one so we can use him to like springboard into these other characters and like people will feel oh it's safe it's comforting i know dr strange no like right. not enough time like you need somebody like Iron Man or Thor um, or Black Widow or Hawkeye or, you know, any any of the original Avengers here. I obviously just missed Captain America, which despite my dislike of Captain America was not intentional, I swear. Um, so I agree with you that there should have been some way, even if we didn't want to keep like Robert Downey Jr. Like, you know, he's just like, listen, I've had enough. I just can't do it anymore. Yep. Like recast him sure so that then you can maybe not have him have his own stuff because i get that like your audiences can get tired of a thing 
but like have him pop in and out and like be Tony Stark to ease this transitional like you know this this transitional period where we are like who are the Avengers what's going on like who are our our core people like make us have like a central tether so that we can return to that safety to say okay here's like our core base we're branching out again we have new people but we still have this core that we're connected to mm -hmm. so i so yeah so i agree that like there should have just been a recasting i feel like in a very specific usage and in a very specific way and we just don't have any of that right now and that's why everything marvel feels so untethered and feels so unsatisfying because mm -hmm. we we're, we're back to square one of not caring and it feels like yep. we've invested too much in marvel to not care sure yeah back to square one of not caring and yeah and they're not um you know they've really failed to make us care it's, it's on them like they yeah. th that's yeah. the thing they managed to do it before and they can't right, exactly. do it anymore they they it's not uh I'm I'm so disinterested now. Like I I I listen to people talk about it and I see the trailers and stuff of like that or whatever, but mm -hmm. I'm not I just like I could care less. I, I, someone was uh talking on a gaming podcast recently like recent like, you know, we had our 10 years, we had and Tony was talking about this kind of yeah. idea mm -hmm. too. We had our 10 years, we had end game. That was long enough, you know? Like I'm done, you know. I don't that's it. And um and I feel like I, it even it even would have been fun to, for them to just like focus on the TV shows because they're sure. like little extensions. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're not like brand new characters like Hawkeye, sure. WandaVision. Um, yeah, I mean, all of them really, Loki. I mean, everything's just like a fun little extension and just like little what ify things and like little side mm. stories and side missions and all of that. And that's like a way to keep it going fresh content but without like making us feel reset yeah but people to me, anyway. I, think, I think there was i mean people have been so trained now that there will be the next marvel thing and it will lead to the next marvel thing and so i you'd have to retrain an audience and break people sure. of the idea of the notion that this really is part of a bigger picture it is leading towards the next thing because you know it it's crazy that everything now feels like it almost exists more to lead to the next thing than mm, to be mm -hmm. really good by itself, yet right, not to managing to ever yeah. like compile and mean anything. Like it's yeah. stunning how that is happening. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, if you see it, let me know what you think. I will. Uh, I heard from Tara, Tara saw it. Mm. And um, that's the only person I know that's personally that's seen it yet. So, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Meh. Okay. That's what it was. Kind of just like yeah, it was. It was okay. Uh, it sounds like there was some scenes where it was like really, really dark and hard to see. And it was again mm. like trying to hide special effects or something. Just like this oh. would have been cool, but I could barely see it. So. Sure. Yeah. What is it with everybody in that? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a I don't know, it's like a trend right now. Just well, like make it all dark and shit. They don't have the people and they're pushing them too far. So it's like, oh, this is what we got to do. You can't see it this way. 
<laughs> uh, she liked. Uh, I think she liked Namor. I think uh, she okay. liked. Thought he was a hot guy, anyways. So I don't know about, right, how the right. character is, but so. But he's hot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Sometimes yeah. that counts, man. Sometimes that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yep. Um. Speaking of hot. Yeah. A menu can be pretty hot. Things on a menu can be pretty hot. <laughs> That's true. Especially mm-hmm. in uh, the new just released The Menu with Ray Fines. I believe there are some yeah. uh, mysterious and strange things uh, on a mm-hmm. menu in this movie. So, yeah. Well, we that's, that's Ray Fines. That's the Beast. Anya Taylor Joy. Yep. 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 Yeah, it looks Holt. cool. Nicholas Holt. Yeah, Nicholas Holt. That's what it that is. Yeah. Yep. Um, He's a yeah. versatile actor, Nicholas Holt. I mean, going from like selling Jaguar um, yes. to being the beast to being um, the, the crazy guy in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Didn't recognize him at all at first in there. So, yep. yeah, he's versatile. He's in the, in the surprisingly cute warm bodies, like the zombie okay, movie yep. where he's like a zombie mm-hmm. who falls in love with a human girl. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he's also in um, Hulu's The Great, which is like okay. the TV show about Catherine the Great. And uh, yeah, he does excellent work in there. I mean, he gets a fun part to play. He's a total buffoon, but... It takes somebody talented to pull that off without them being like completely ridiculous. She's like, underrated. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is mm-hmm. underrated. I agree. Mm-hmm. And he's in, well, yeah, he's you, in a uh... lot and he's in a lot well. So, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this movie. This is kind of feeling in my offbeat wheelhouse right now. Sure. Like yeah. I'm just sort of watching like these very like, different movies like like watching um see how they run and uh right before that i rewatched get out and us mm. like just like these sort of like weird like wacky horror you know what i mean sure they're i'd like they're to see some like more foreign stuff these days yeah it's yeah. like mm-hmm. artsy mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah, it's kind of feeling in my wheelhouse for what I'm into right now. Um, but sorry, you were gonna say something about foreign movies. Well, just are you man- gonna manage to find time to see? It, you think to um, get to the theater or wait till it comes know. out at home? I don't know. Chris and I are like, you know, trying to like plan out some date nights, um, mm-hmm. and we've been excited to get back to the theater. Um, like he obviously recently took me yeah. to see Black Adam, which I was just like over the moon about. Um, so yeah, so we're just trying to like get back to like going out to the movies as like part of a regular date night rotation. So yeah, we'll see. He, I mean, he'd probably be more into Wakanda forever than the menu, but we'll see. You never know. Sometimes he surprises me and he's like, yeah, I saw the trailer for that. It looked cool. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I would say like if I lived in the cities yet, I'd probably get the AMC pass thing. Sure. You know, because uh, just it's a really good deal. Like if you if you can make the time to go to a movie a week, you know, mm-hmm. like you're going to save save money because obviously yeah. going to the movie is expensive. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. 
Okay. Well, we'll. I haven't looked at reviews. We'll see what they say about it and let us know um, if uh, if you catch it. I'm pretty sure it was trending well, at least like sevens or eights along the and like 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought I saw. Let's see if I'm quoting that correctly. Yeah, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And like a seven okay. to eight for IMDb. Okay. So solid. You you said so you said you watched it recently, Get Out and what else? Something it would seem See how they run. Oh, the wasn't one there I, another I one too that show? was uh by the same director? Um us? isn't that Jordan Peele? Yeah, yeah. us. Watched it's us. all Jordan Peele, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you, uh, did nope you see just came out and I didn't see it yet. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. But I want one. to. I want to. Okay. I just was reminded of that um, the other day. I saw a trailer for it. I was like, yeah, that's right. I have to get out there and I see that. I always think they they ah, put together good trailers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I, I didn't love Get Out. I thought it was just okay. I, it was one of those things where it was so overhyped to me. You know, and sure. I was like, okay, you got to watch it. You gotta watch. And I was like, I guess, you know, it's all I right. Have, like I have, good performances. Um, yeah. I have watched it before and after the hype. And I'm very okay. happy about that. You okay. know what I mean? Like I watched it before mm -hmm. everybody was like, oh, it's so good. And then now I just recently rewatched it like far, okay. like way beyond like everybody being like, oh my God, get out is so good. And it's yep. just like very nice to like not have that around me as I watch it. Okay. Um, all right. We've got some news. Um, I, I was thinking I was going to maybe skip some of these because I don't have much to say about it. And it will sure. run a little long here. But um, big one we want to talk about for sure, because uh, deserves our respect here, is Kevin Conroy. Um, he has unfortunately passed away at only 66. I thought he was older than this. But... Um, yeah, I feel I feel like it's because the Batman animated series feels like it started so long ago. Maybe, yeah. It, he just it he's always looked way, like even thin though it's like older. Well, and I feel like the Batman series has always felt older, even though it was like a part of our childhood. It just feels right. like longer ago. Yep, I I saw someone post a thing that says humanity peaked or something like that at. You know, or the peak of humanity, Batman the animated series. It just was like a good time <laughs> and such an amazing show that like didn't have any right to exist. You know, it was like yeah. it was a show, an American cartoon in a time when this is not what American cartoons did. Like mm -hmm. the only time you'd be getting something this sort of caliber with a continuing story and drama um really would would be from anime. And I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, particularly prevalent here at the time. So a lot of people, you know, we've had in our discussions, best Batman. Uh, a lot of people consider it Kevin Conroy. Like that voice is iconic it for the really role. Um, and, you know, like he's spent a life being Batman. And, mm -hmm. you know, what a, what, a, what a great role that I don't think there's anyone that complains about his his standing as a as Batman, no. you know, no one's no. like, oh boy, I didn't really prefer that, you know. I don't think no. there's a single person like that. So, 
No, it's amazing how his voice like fills out the Bruce Wayne slash Batman of that series. It's just, it's amazing because you would not expect it from his physical body, but it's just such a perfect match from like top to bottom for that animated Batman. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he, 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 he did write the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yes. Whereas others, Christian Bale, were trying uh, way I too know. hard. I know. Um, it, this is just natural, you know? He sounds like he's a rich billionaire on the town, mm -hmm. or he sounds like a guy that you don't want to mess with. He's beating you up in the alley, you know? Like, it's, um, yeah. it's perfect. Well, and his, so. his Batman had room for comedy, too, which, I mean, yeah, actually, get too into the weeds. Um, is is a failure, I think, of Nolan's. Like, they're obviously not mm. about comedy and they're not really, like, the vehicle for that sort of thing. But I think it's part of the the pressure that, that Christian Bale is under in those movies because there's no, like, true comedic moments. Like, I was watching mm -hmm. some, like, greatest greatest hits of the Batman animated series and you know there's there's dramatic there's funny there's heartwarming there's you know um there's just like a range of emotion that just like you can't quite hit I think in something like Chris Christopher Nolan's universe yep I argue that Christopher Nolan's trilogy doesn't age as well as like Tim Burton's movies I think you can mm -hmm. still go back and watch the Tim Burton films and in my opinion, still Batman forever. And those hold up very well. Um, the dark Knight trilogy, though, I'm very happy they exist and I like them. Um, doesn't age as well. Like whether it's exposition, it's a couple of corny lines somewhere, whether it's, uh, Batman's voice or whether it's the like, the idea that we have to be uber realistic yet yeah. they say that and then don't do all kinds of things that aren't realistic at all. You know, like mm -hmm. it's all oh, we want to only do things that, you know, feel grounded. So we don't want to have Bane actually like juice up and grow and get bigger and stuff like that. Yet at the same time, we're going to have this giant basically tank Batmobile jumping with a jet power thing across yeah. the rooftops and not just falling through every building it touches. Because sure. I just like, it's not realistic. The movies are still complete fantasy, yet you want to feign that they're real so you can then like take away some of the, the more like, I don't know, kind of cool supernatural elements of some of those supervillains and such like that, like that, so. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I I I agree that like Nolan's striving for realness and groundedness does hamper the movies in a in a like believability capacity and also an emotional capacity because when you're striving for that like uber realistic groundedness like you feel like you have to be serious all the time and so right. you take you can take some of the lightness and the joy out of it and I think I mean, I, partially those movies are successful because of that, because there is such like a dark, seedy undertone that especially works well in the second one. Though I don't know that that's really Christian Bale's doing. I mean, I think right. most of that is brought from Heath Ledger, who 
you know, very deservedly won accolades for that performance. Um, so I, I agree with you that, that I think the trilogy overall doesn't hold up as well over time, especially Batman Begins. I think there were some really good elements to that movie, but there were some really just like tough to swallow parts, um, including Liam Neeson's Raz al Ghul and just like the whole like training what? notion montage. Oh, uh, I, I don't I, know. Rewatching that, I actually have a lot of problems with that. I think the second and third are more successful because they're not the origin story. They're just like already just like set up. And I also like the supporting cast of characters better in the second and third. But I don't know. There, There is something in their own way dated about those interpretations. Because Batman isn't as serious on the whole when you look at like the the run of different portrayals of Batman they're they're a lot more emotionally and um storyline wise they're just a lot more complex than this very like limited scope that Nolan has I mean well it's hard to say limited scope for Nolan just because of the scale the size yeah of, I just mean like emotional know, range and, like yeah, it's just yeah. so like that 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 like hard line realness just limits it limits what you can do. I think. I mean, With he's trying, you know, when you talk about the, the dark night, you know, with the, the choice Batman has to make his romance and the, what, what happens with two phase, like that's a emotional, those are emotional moments and such. Right. But like, like, what I'm arguing is I think there's less of a range that he feels he can be in. Like if he gets too comedic, then it's not real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those are, those are absolutely emotional moments. I don't mean to say that there's no emotion in those films because mm -hmm. there absolutely is. But when you, when you have to be real, like I said, if you, you feel like you have to take everything seriously and you can't be funny, you can't be silly. You can't like, you know, have your Batman like look a fool at times or, you know, just have mm. like a completely wacky side character. Like even your villains have to be super realistic. So mm. that takes away, that takes away your options. Whereas like the Batman animated series isn't limited by that. Yeah. Well, and helps being, helps being animated it does. And, it uh, does. as opposed to live action. And I, you but know, like, it's, Nolan's Nolan's Batman never would have room for a villain like Harley Quinn. Right. Right. Because she's, no, she's you, not you serious do, enough. It, 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 yeah, it absolutely changes your choices, you know, and I, I definitely appreciate both variations. You know, I, I, I enjoy that there is, you know, as much as I, you know, would generally like things to stay true to source. Um, it has been enjoyable over the years to see a variety of interpretations for the Batman. Um, you know, I definitely have my favorites, um, the animated series and Batman beyond being among them. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something we'll show to our kids, you know, hope they like it. It's, uh, and it, it, with that style, with the, with the range of, of, you know, classic villains and everything. And uh, it really is timeless. You know, it, it helps with, you know, a cartoon, but also with the Tim Burton perspective where 
you create a bit of a fantasy esque world. It's it's our world a little tilted, and mm-hmm. it makes it, it that helps create this timeless element where it's not. It's obviously not exactly our world, and right. it's it's more fun to be in that way when you're like trying to like. No, this is Chicago. You know, this is what's going to be. Um, it it takes away that uh, an element that can you know can be enjoyed and um, survive for for longer because it's it's now rooted to something a little more than developing its own world that you can kind of place more of your own ideas upon. So, but. Anyways, um, we've talked Batman a lot on this show. <laughs> so we'll continue to talk Sorry. Batman a lot on this show. Um, that's not going to change, but um, what will change, you won't be seeing Kevin Conroy as Batman anymore, unfortunately. So, um, RIP, condolences to his family. Yeah. Um, changing it up a bit, mm-hmm. uh, condolences to the fans of Star Wars. Um, I guess because of the state it's in, but we will talk about what a lot of people feel is a pretty big bright spot uh, in Star Wars right now is Andor. So um, what's to me hilarious is that Andor seems like the consensus is is a pretty good Star Wars show and Mm -hmm. kind of what a lot of people have been wanting for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it comes right at a time when a lot of Star Wars fans don't care anymore because I'm one yeah. of them. So <laughs> um, it's too bad if this show had like been a show that launched kind of like here's us coming to Disney Plus or whatever, um, or it showed up right after the first season of Mandalorian or something like that. I think yeah, this would have been a different story mm-hmm. um, because Disney, I think, feels like they have a little something here. And so they're going to be pushing the first two episodes of Andor out to a few other places. Um, those include ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu over yeah. Thanksgiving. Smart. So. Very, very smart. Try to lure people back that way with, uh, with your good yeah. show. And obviously, yeah. I think Hulu is the smartest because generally those like people have the opportunity to then bundle right disney plus so like yeah do it yeah i mean it can only help you hopefully yep it's interesting like uh, oh go ahead well are we gonna see more of this you i mean do you think we're gonna get marvel shows doing this or yeah i mean this could definitely be a pilot for you know i mean they are they already do this in a sense when they drop like the first couple of episodes on the streaming platform to like gauge people's interest and like pique your interest in like continuing sure. with the season. So this is just an extension of that. It's just like making a deal with different networks to do it. Yep. So well, yeah. And this is, this is a I test mean, case and we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm fascinated to know. Disney owns ABC and has Ooh. a large stake in Hulu. So I don't know about FX and Freeform, but probably that too. Right. I don't know. So um you know yeah i mean they they must be be cooperatively getting something out of this somehow or they have the same like overarching parent network like i don't know but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think other people are going to be watching this closely to see if it works yep yeah um 
have you uh i know you were you had you had watched some kenobi yep and... we're just about to finish that so then we can start andor so i haven't started it yet okay we, have you ever we had we had paused that to finish house of the dragon which we've now done so okay had you watched any of the mandalorian i thought you started that too or no i i have started it chris has finished it betrayer okay um and he also <laughs> he also finished uh the book of boba fett wow okay okay yeah um so yeah so he like just plowed right through that he he was just like too hooked from the minute he got in and just like had to keep going so we have boba fett too yeah Oh yep. my God! Oh. Yep, you guys, you guys will have to talk about it sometime. But yeah, this show he is so really bad. He really enjoyed that it. Was, I can't. I mean, he that. also he also comes to Star Wars from a different place than you do. Yes. Oh yes. Um, yes. But it was so cringy <laughs> at times. Like I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't. Sure. I, like and I it's mean, one thing to make choices I just don't agree with. And ooh. it's other things to make moments that are just like, I can't hardly watch this. It's like, sure. I have to turn away. What am I seeing sure. right now? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you how he thought of every minute of every episode, but I know how yeah. cool he enjoyed it. And I know he enjoyed it because he got to do it back to back. And he was so in the Mandalorian universe and just like so there that he was having a lot of fun with like the interrelationship between the two shows and like the call outs and like things that he remembered right away because he had just watched the Mandalorian. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like yeah. that for him well, is like part of the fun. Right. Well, Which I get. Boba, Boba Fett is basically Mandalorian season 2.5. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, that's disappointing, but I'll hear his thoughts sometime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's happening for those of you mm -hmm. uh, invested in that yet. Um, a little bit more game stuff quickly. Um, I just want to see if you had gotten, if you'd heard about the Game Awards nominees. They dropped today. Game Awards is not. happening early December, and um, maybe we'll have to talk about this next week and go through some of the categories or something like that. But, yeah. Sorry. Um, I did not, I did not get a chance to see that those had dropped yet. So yeah, I just thought about it during the show. <laughs> I should have thought of it earlier today. I saw Jeff Keighley was on mm -hmm. and, uh, announcing the, the nominations for all the categories. And, um, I, I haven't gotten to see internet reaction in yet so much. Yeah. There's a few surprises, a lot, not unexpected either sure. um a lot of what would um i would imagine would be there so i don't know if some people are kind of shocked but it, it seemed seemed reasonable to me or not out of line with my um predictions i suppose so we'll see everybody can go and vote in that right now if they want so good to know awards. um and our final story for the night is um one that's too long to like fully comprehend, but <laughs> I definitely want to address it and get your thoughts on it. Okay. So 
Doom is a very storied franchise. It has been right. around for many years. It is credited as one of the earliest first-person shooters um, that I don't know who officially claims that title. There was Doom. There was um, uh, Wolfenstein. And, you know, there was some other ones or whatever. But anyways, it's been around a long time, and it kind of had a reinvention in 2016. There was mm -hmm. Doom, and it was brought back, and Mick Gordon was mm -hmm. the composer for that game. And a right. large part of the game's identity was that soundtrack. He was on stage performing some of the music. Um, it mm -hmm. really like it really landed for people this sort of metal um, vibe of what Doom would be. You're the Doom right. Slayer. You're in hell slaying demons, that sort of thing. His score is spectacular. Well, they followed up that game with Doom Eternal. Now, I remember when Doom Eternal came out, there was some controversy because um, he, Mick Gordon was saying that his score was really flat on when you get the soundtrack and people yeah. weren't buying the soundtrack because it was like the mix of it was just flat and he apparently didn't get to mix it. So in game, it's more dynamic and some of that, but um, on the soundtrack, it was not. And there was a statement put out by someone on like Reddit that worked at the game. Um, yeah. That kind of was really going after Mick Gordon at the time. So yeah. years later now, we have a very large, long, very detailed statement posted on Medium from Mick yeah. Gordon himself to respond. <laughs> That's the setup. Yeah. This is insane. Like I was, I was trying to like, scoot through some of like the response from Mick Gordon. Um, and I mean, my, my first like overall thought is he brought the receipts. You know what I mean? Like his, <laughs> yeah. his post is so detailed and with like screenshots, dated screenshots of very clear messages. I mean, to to be fully fair, you'd have to release like every message that was like ever sent between anybody. But like, mm -hmm. boy, does this like really back up his account? Like, it's not like he's making a strong statement. Just like, I want to write this insanely long letter about what I feel about the situation. You know, dates, names, X, Y, Z, and then have nothing to go with it. I mean, just just the absolute sheer overwhelming you know, and thoroughness of this statement is yeah. astounding. Think of the time this took, you know, it's put together. to put together this table of contents yes. and stuff. Yeah. Much more <laughs> than like this open letter. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. to be fair, the, the open letter from Marty Stratton, um, mm -hmm. I mean, has several like valid points about like, some people behind the scenes getting shit for things that like they're not responsible for. And, and uh, the statement from Mick Gordon also has like very clear, like I do not want people to take this as, you know, permission or opportunity to go continue to shit on these other people because right. they're not the problem. So to be fair, I really like that both sides have explicitly called out like names and titles of people who should not be involved in this. Right. So, yeah, um, it, it's insane. an interesting read. Um, at the end, there is a summary of facts. 
um, which yep. I think is pretty interesting. You know, he calls out. So for people that, you know, you should go look at this, but for people that have not seen this and because some of the stuff going on, like Mick Gordon, um, you know, in the summary of facts here, it says, I haven't been paid for over half of Doom Eternal's music. Um, yep. They had stuff where he was announced being attached to a project before he was actually contracted to do mm -hmm. so. Um, he uh, apparently, like, he, he said earlier that, like, Marty was a very like, oppressive sort of presence all the time in his uh, yeah. his work work life here. Um, it's also crazy that, you know, it's crazy that someone publicly comes out and throws someone under the bus that is so mm -hmm. critically important to your product. Yeah. Like, that's kind of nuts, really. Um, so, I don't know. Well, this it's... is... This is um, this is feeling like a trend, you know, that if you're going to call out people as the problem in something, they're going to respond to you in, you know, maybe full, half, partial, you know, varying degrees of bringing the receipts that they have. Um, but I mean, this is just like another example of like the, the situation we recently went through with... Um, Bayonetta. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's like right at the tip of my tongue. It's like the same deal, only, you know, we didn't have yep. like as many things to like back that up. Yep. Yeah, his, I mean, his opening thing here says, uh, Marty lied about the circumstances surrounding the Doom Eternal soundtrack. He used disinformation information and innuendo to blame me entirely for its failure. Offered yep. him a six-figure settlement to never speak about it. Um, yep crazy that's crazy um that right. says you knew you did something wrong um right. he says marty's reddit post severely impacted both my professional and personal reputation um right and it's i don't because know reputations are huge yeah like you can't be yeah. that like difficult person to work with right yep and nick is so talented you know he scores one of my favorite games ever uh and pray and uh mm -hmm. absolutely Yep. Great, great music in there. Um, I, for me, like, I don't think I'm too making too big a deal out of this to say that we, if there's another side, if Marty has more information here, Marty Stratton, that mm -hmm. somehow exonerates him in some way here, we need to hear it. Otherwise, if yeah. Nick is on about this stuff, Marty needs to be gone. Like, you can't, you, to me, this is a bad, such a bad look for id software. Um, someone that's been in the business a long time, mm -hmm. um, to do this to, you know, a well-known and very important to your IP composer. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that, you know, and again, I'm not saying this for sure, because if there's another side of the story, we don't know right. that changes something, then so be it. But with the way it looks at the moment, with all the receipts provided, Marty needs to be gone. Like yeah. I, there needs to be official apology. And I just, I, I don't think that we, it's okay that id software or Bethesda or Microsoft mm -hmm. doesn't officially address this. Um, because it, it smells rotten then that's, mm -hmm. that suggests you've got, you're not right. willing to keep a clean house. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can see this going several ways. 
Um, like you said, the 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 biggest outlier would be if Marty's got something that he's able to release to exonerate himself. If this is coming from somebody higher up that he's going to eventually be the fall guy to protect, then he's just going to have to take that on the chin, unfortunately. Is that fair? Hell no. But it's definitely a possibility um, as mm -hmm. to, you know, he's either one, not got the receipts or two, has them, but isn't able to release them. Mm -hmm. The second way it'll go is he'll, he'll, I think this is a situation, this is a public enough situation, and Mick has got so much going for him in the way of proof that Marty will either be let go and acknowledged or he'll be let go because nobody is going to want to work with him if right. he's going to if he's willing to do this to somebody mm -hmm. like if he's so publicly willing to do this to somebody and somebody who has all of this like evidence to back up his side of the story then and and they never like address it then they're just going to quietly fire him because nobody will want to work with him again yep yeah i can see that i i I think it was um, Colin Moriarty pointing out recently, you know, prolific PlayStation podcaster, saying how um, like this guy is not even a, he's not a creative. He's like, uh, mm -hmm. it's like management, bean counter kind of thing. It's like, it's he's said not to be rude, but you're replaceable. Like the people that yeah. are way harder to replace are the Creative. creatives. Yep. Yeah, because you can't just like replicate that. And mm -hmm. uh, versus you can get someone that went to school and can run a, a program or can, you know, right. that kind of thing. So it really seems extra out of line to get so much hassle from someone that is replaceable when mm -hmm. Mick Gordon isn't. Obviously, you can you can obviously get someone else, but it will be different then. It's not going to be the same. Yes. You can't you can't just make a new Mick Gordon and have the same product. So right. Yeah. Yeah, this well, is uh I'm still I'm still scrolling through like all of his proof and emails and like notes and things and it's just like onslaught. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like I don't even feel like this is something where he's like just throwing in detail to overwhelm you and just be like, "Okay, well you obviously have it just because like I can't get through all of this." Like Every point is like painstakingly explained yep. and thought out and backed up. So it's just like, it's not an onslaught of insignificant detail. It's like actual real detail. So yep. it's just insane. He says like blowouts as development progressed, it became obvious. Whoever thought up the music budget also had no idea about the game's true scope. Stages blew right. out in size far beyond what had been anticipated. Hour-long levels where players traverse fantastic worlds with epic vistas and tricky platforming sections had just 30 seconds allocated to exploration music. Doom's mantra is wall-to-wall -wall music, which made this oversight seem laughable. I was able to convince id Software to dedicate more minutes to these areas, but only after wasting valuable time on unnecessary demonstrations to prove that 30 seconds wasn't nearly enough to compensate for the shortfall, they didn't unlock any more budget. Instead, they reallocated minutes from the game's combat music pool, meaning other areas had less music as a result. 
Mm -hmm. I worked desperately for straight for months, uh, trying to stay on top of things. He was eventually cut out of music meetings. Mm -hmm. Emails went unanswered. And it's like, this was the follow-up game. He did the one before, like what changed? How it's one of those, again, where is their mindset here? And how is this happening? When you made one successful game with this person, now you're making another one and you don't understand how to do it. Right. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it baffles me. I mean, unless this was like an entirely new creative team or management team, but still you think they would have something you would think that they take the notes from the last team. (laughs) Right. And you think that they would be coming in with at least like a modicum of respect for like the person who is going to be doing this again. Yep. And this company is owned by Microsoft. Now you have no excuse not to have him. He's not paid. Yeah. No absolutely. excuse, you know. Absolutely. So, but, yep. Well, that's that. It's a fun <laughs> evening read if anyone uh, wants to read that. Or Medium. several evenings if you need to break it up. <laughs> yep. It says here, 58-minute read, and you can listen yeah. to it. You can hit play right at the top. Yeah. So. It's it's uh, lengthy as an understatement. So get ready. Buckle you know, in. Long, long commute, you know? Yep, yep. Don't want to listen back. to the radio. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right. Well, that's all our news for the week. That's mm-hmm. our show for the week. Um, next week, we're going to be getting finally finishing House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, Webtoons coming your way and the cyberpunk yep. anime. And we've got other shows, some canceled um, to finish up anyways. So. And we're going to have to have Chris on here to like, I don't know, for him to try to defend the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> for him and, to answer and, for himself. <laughs> yeah. And the pair of you can explain yourselves for Kenobi. Uh, however, you know, whatever you end up thinking of that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, Popcast on the rocks episode 126. That'll be it from us. Make sure you please follow, share, subscribe on all the things, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, if you listen on podcast directory, please leave a review there. Um, that'd be much appreciated. Thumbs up videos where you can. If you listen on Spotify, you can watch listen audio or also watch the video on there as well. So that's that. If you follow a show that we're into, um, try to put together playlists on YouTube so you can go through and easily see and access all the videos that we're when we're talking about Westworld or um doom patrol or something like that so mm-hmm. yep go ahead and check that out and uh killing the flower they wrote our theme song so go ahead and give them a look on youtube spotify and instagram and apple music as well they have uh they have a new song that's out just recently mm-hmm. so go ahead and listen to that otherwise that'll be it from us andrea thanks for, once again for joining me of course cheers everybody